You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show, come on in, stay a while. Spent a little bit of time, first hour, talking about Zion Williamson, the dunk that went viral. And I'm just curious what New Orleans, the Pelicans, think of that because by all indications, he was doing light workouts, man, nothing, you know, strenuous, no dunking, just jumping a little bit, taking some jump shots. That's it. I'd like to know who was around when he did that because there's one person in the gym who's videotaping Zion with this Vince Carter-like dunk. But the report is he's probably not going to play this season. Now, understand this, that uh, he put it out on his social media, not the Pelicans. But it didn't take long for the Pelicans to realize what Zion was posting there uh, with the dunk that he had on Tuesday night, reportedly. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming partner. Download that app. You can watch for free. And our radio affiliates around the country, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, and the other great cities that carry this program. Quarterback and carousel is coming to a close. But Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo have yet to land with a new team. I still think Jimmy G stays with the Niners. I would have him stay with the Niners one more year. Baker Mayfield, we know that he's got to find a new home here. Carolina Panthers reportedly are not interested in Baker Mayfield. And the reports could be true, but... You know, when you consider what we've seen where Tom Brady's retiring. No, he's coming back. The Browns, they're out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. No, they're not. No, they landed Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers, remember when he wasn't going to be back for this season with Green Bay? Uh, Never say never, as Tom Brady has uh, taught us. I don't know if Carolina is going to look at a quarterback in the draft. From what I was told, that's what Carolina wants to do. The question is... When do you take these quarterbacks? Because it feels like these quarterbacks are going to go higher than they should. From a source that uh, has been uh, observing these quarterbacks, he uh, said the following to me last night, the college crop of quarterbacks, very pedestrian. The hype around Malik Willis is too much. He'll be good in time, but not immediately. Kenny Pickett is solid, but is really a second round draft pick. But somebody will be drafted later and maybe just as good and he singled out Sam Howell of North Carolina. But somebody's going to go all in on these quarterbacks because you want to take a chance. You roll the dice, maybe you get somebody, get those rookie contracts. I mean, that's what this is all about. You know, the sport is about building around that rookie contract. Seattle was able to do it. Russell Wilson, magically. But, you know, Dallas was trying to do that with uh, Dak Prescott. Now, all of a sudden, Dak gets his money. Now you can't re-sign everybody. You have that window unless you restructure your deal, you know, like Green Bay. I mean, this is difficult. Mahomes, those first couple of years, it all worked out. You know, it's hard to be making $40, $45 million, uh, your quarterback is, and you're still able to put out a competitive team on the field. There's just so much you can pay. And look at what Jacksonville did. Jacksonville decided it was going to give guys more money than anybody else was going to, but they had to do that. And that kind of screwed up free agency for you know some of these teams with what receivers then wanted. They're like, well, wait a minute. Christian Kirk is getting that from Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville was different. Different than anybody else. They had to overpay. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? 
Um, Colts introduced Matt Ryan. Raiders introduced Devontae Adams. Here's uh, Devontae Adams on the conversations he had with uh, Derek Carr uh, leaving the Packers. As things progress a little bit more, obviously we communicate multiple times a week as it is, you know, aside from even trying to team up. So once we got to a point where it was it was something that could be realistic now, it's not just a, you know, a thought. Um, we started trying to put a, a little bit of a plan together. I was still going back with Green Bay at that point and still weighing my options. But I think we got to a point where I felt like it was a it was it was a good move for us. That's not tampering because he was uh, he's talking to an old friend. <laughs> and he's a free agent. Um, you know, I guess if Green Bay had franchised him, then maybe that's tam- I don't even know what tampering is anymore. It's weird. Mike Tomlin of the Steelers had dinner with Malik Willis, and I go, is that tampering? It feels like it, but it's not because he's the coach, you're the player, and, you know, there's no attachment right now. But it does feel like Mike Tomlin has a crush on Malik Willis. And... I, look, I love the personality that he showed. I expect you to be great on your pro day. But I also like to see who you are. What's that personality? Because that has to blend in with my locker room. I need you to be a leader. Are you capable of being a leader? Do you want to be a leader? And I love what I saw with Malik Willis. Now, it bothered me that you're completing like 54% of your passes. You're playing at Liberty. I mean, you got to be completing a better percentage than that. Can he make big plays? Yes, he can. But he might be somebody down the road who gets that opportunity. Maybe he's a two years down the road. And maybe that's what Pittsburgh's going to do with Mitchell Trubisky. Come on in. You've gotten to the playoffs before. And now you bring in Malik Willis, draft him. Somebody's going to draft these quarterbacks with the purpose of wait a little bit. Yes, Eden. As one of our listeners has pointed out, so what we're saying right now is the Steelers have uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and they're going, they might draft Malik Willis, and they might go after Baker Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> well, That's yeah. a very crowded quarterback yes, room all is. of a sudden. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, Paulie. I could top that. Oh. The Bears were so dumb a couple years ago. They signed Nick Foles for $10 million, acquired Andy Dalton, named him their number one quarterback. Then they decided to dra- draft Justin Fields just a few months later. Yeah. Can never have enough quarterbacks, apparently, there. But... You know, the Mason Rudolph experiment is over. Dwayne Haskins, I wouldn't have brought him in. They, I guess they re-signed him. You're taking a chance on him. Kind of damaged goods. Uh, Washington kicked him to the curb. But I, I wouldn't rule out Pittsburgh taking a quarterback. Carolina taking a quarterback. Atlanta taking a quarterback. Now, like if you're Atlanta and you just got rid of Matt Ryan, all right, you got Marcus Mariota. This is when you take a quarterback and a quarterback who might be uh, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. But you take them because you know they don't have to start now. You give them one or two years. And I don't know where Baker Mayfield's going to end up because it's tricky. He's coming off shoulder surgery. Also, he's got to add a little humility into his uh, game plan here. It might be easier to come back from the shoulder surgery than add some humility into your game plan there. Yeah, Marv. Uh, I'm not sure why we are, why all of us aren't rooting for Baker Mayfield to go to the Giants. Because Baker in New York, content. Mm, okay, content is king. Well, I wondered if if you put him in there and then you open up the competition with him and Daniel Jones. It's just Baker is not a backup quarterback. There's certain guys like Cam Newton. 
Cam's not a backup quarterback. He's just too big of a presence. He wants, that's why when they got Mac Jones, or they're going to take Mac Jones, or they're going to elevate him to start, and they're just like, we, there's no reason to keep Cam. Because Cam plays the position different than anybody does. It's not like he can go, hey, kid, let me help you. <laughs> Mac Jones plays it differently than Cam does. He's he just too big of a personality to be on the bench. Yeah, Paul. It reminds me of that clip a couple of years ago. Remember Carmelo Anthony got traded over to Oklahoma City? Mm-hmm. And in the press conference, one of the guys goes, how would you feel about being a rotation guy and maybe even coming off the bench? He goes, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> who, me? Yeah, he sat there silently. Yeah, and then yeah. he's like, oh, me? <laughs> like, you talking to me? <laughs> then he turns over and goes, hey, man, they're talking about me coming off the bench. <laughs> and the guy goes, I guess that question is answered. Uh, the bet still stands over under. First 13 picks, does somebody, does a quarterback go in the first 13 picks? I'm trying to think, is it Malik Willis having a great pro day? That has to help Paulie with his bet of somebody taking Malik Willis in the first 13 picks. If the draft were today, Malik Willis would probably go in the first 13 picks here. But this, this happens every year. Where you'll go, oh, my God, this guy's coming out of nowhere. Like, who is this guy? Or this team. Oh, there's a mystery team that really loves this guy. It just happens. Nobody wants to tell you what they really think or they're going to do. There's no reason. If you said to Atlanta, you guys going to take a quarterback? Uh, We have our quarterback in Marcus Mariota. Uh, Okay. Carolina. Uh, No, we got Sam Darnold. They're they're not going to go, you know what we're going to do? We, uh, we're going to draft somebody. Uh, we'll let Sam play one more year, and then that's it. Yes, yeah, Seton. All of this is exactly how a team gets Christian pondered. Wow. Okay. Not to make it a – is that a verb? A verb? Yeah. yeah. But this is exactly how something like that happens, where all of a sudden there's, I'll tell you who's really heating up. A lot of teams like that. All of a sudden he goes seventh or whatever, and you're like, how the hell did that happen? I don't remember Christian Ponder moving up. I just, it felt like all of those quarterbacks were about the same. And then there was a run on quarterbacks where you're like, I'm taking him and I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him. But I do remember, and I even said on this show that my source said, hey, you should get Patrick Mahomes on. He is jumping up the board. And that was before anybody thought of Mahomes as being Mahomesian. He wasn't even a top 10 pick. Yeah, Paul. I've got the 2011 draft. Cam Newton was drafted number one overall pick. Two months earlier, you couldn't find a mock draft that had Cam Newton being taken number one by the Panthers. Yeah. Then it went, you went down a little bit, and the next quarterback was Jake Locker out of Washington. Remember him? Yeah. By Tennessee, great phys- great runner, great passer. Yeah. Blaine Gabbert to Jacksonville at 10, and that was the third pick, third quarterback in 10 picks. Christian Ponder to Minnesota with 12. Yeah. But then you had guys like Andy Dalton was in the second round. Colin Kaepernick was in the second round. Both had very successful careers. Uh, Dan Orlovsky just tweeted, because uh, Paulie wants to know if there's going to be a top 10 quarterback selected. Uh, Orlovsky of the Mothership says, Malik Willis, a top 10 pick lock. Orlovsky. Orlovsky. Or Lockski. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Just one, though. It's okay. too excited. That's all right. Uh, Matt Ryan got introduced yesterday. Matt Ryan might be the big winner out of all of these quarterbacks when you consider he was in Atlanta, bad team, tanking, and uh, they flirt with Deshaun Watson, and he gets to uh, get out of jail. Here is Matt Ryan talking about other quarterbacks. 
Tom Brady or Peyton or any of those guys, they've had times where they've had to transition, and both of them have had tremendous success with that. And that kind of, and that's what I'm thinking about right now is, you know, this, this opportunity that I have for, you know, the rest of my career to try and catch that spark and go. Uh, let's get some phone calls in here. Chad in Texas. Hi, Chad. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Dan. Um, 5'11", 260, and 9 and 7, 8, 10. Okay. Um, I just had a quick question. Maybe I missed it or something. Um, if Deshaun Watson's 22 civil cases are thrown out, does the NFL still have to suspend him? Because that'd be kind of like me getting in trouble with the law, found not guilty, and my company wanting to suspend me for a while. Would it? Well, now when you say throw out these lawsuits, that feels uh, they're not throwing them out. I mean, if a judge throws them out, then the NFL might look at this the way they did with Ben Roethlisberger. He was not charged. I don't know if there was a civil lawsuit with Ben. I don't think so with his accuser. But he got suspended six games, later reduced, I think, to four games. Maybe you have that. But but I I don't know where we are. I I don't know how far down the road we are with settling these civil lawsuits. Everybody seems to be of the same conclusion that yeah, he's ready to go. He's going to be ready to play. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. I think that he's going to get suspended. That's why he restructured his deal. He's going to make a million dollars this year. You want to suspend me for six games or eight games? All right. But you're not going to take that out of my paycheck when I'm making $40 million. But out of $1 million, his agent did an unbelievable job in this. I he created a market that I didn't think existed. And then you get to choose your team. Then you get a raise. Then you get guaranteed money. Like, I don't need an agent, but if I did, I might get this guy. Dang. Damn, three-piece. By the way, the uh, damn three-piece t-shirt. They're is, gorgeous. They are. They're available at danpatrick.com. Marvin gets a pie slam a jamma t shirt because he took a pie, two pies to the face. The very first yesterday. Sh- uh, shirt, pie slam a jamma shirt. He's the very first recipient. Oh, you got it on? Oh, nice. All right. So Marv is uh, flying the colors there. Go to danpatrick.com and you can see all of the goodies we have there. Uh, let's see. Ben in Ohio. Hi, Ben. What's on your mind today? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Ben. Um, What's up? Um, since with all this NFT stuff, I was wanting to know when we're getting the Dan Patrick NFTs. Hmm. I got a couple ideas. Okay. Like Flinch Paul. Okay. Uh, maybe McLovin breaking his glasses in the booth. Fritzy maybe eating some Chinese food in the hotel room. Hmm. <laughs> that could be dangerous there. A towel. Uh, thank you, Ben. We have thought about that. Because we we do own our content here with NFTs. We thought about McLovin breaking his glasses. Uh, flinch ball when Ron Burgundy came in, played flinch, flinch ball. I don't know. I don't know what kind of market there is for that. But I know we've had some people who have approached us on that. Yeah, Seaton. I still don't understand any of it, to be <laughs> honest with you. I... Yeah. So wait, you're going to buy what? So what, it's like a picture? You're going to buy the picture and then what? What is, about everybody else who's got a copy of the picture? But is it the picture or you own the video? I don't know. You know, we're opening the floodgates here. Poor Tyler, who's answering phones. They're going to have 
He's going to be NFT'd. Yes, it's Paul. actually a simple concept. <laughs> yes, yes, Paul. Can I put an NFT between the spokes of my bikes and, and ride around? Ride around? Kid? Yes, Todd. Can there be only one official digital representation or cell or whatever they call it of a given image? I don't get that either. That's the concept, but I don't understand it. And someone will spend like thousands, maybe millions of dollars. Nah, on one maybe of not them. millions. Even what Todd just said, what the hell does that mean? Any type of given digital concept image. <laughs> I own the digital cell of the Air Jordan Doug for $758,000. Let's take a break here. More football talk coming up. What, Paul? We sound like a bunch of old guys on YouTube. Who would watch a TV on a computer? You know, like, it's going to be a billion-dollar business. Wait, is it just the letter U? And it's YouTube? <laughs> MeTube? No, YouTube. Yeah, MeTube. All right. Take a break. Back after this. Twitter. What's this Twitter? Nobody's going to buy into that. Twitter? Instagram? Uh, how about M Drive Start? You can uh, get your daily dose of protein and nutrition. Helps me stay on top of my game. Packed with seven clinically tested ingredients. Also, six premium proteins, boosting energy and strength, reduces stress. You can keep up with your busy day no matter what your age is. Mark Sanchez, the former quarterback, was on yesterday, and he said he starts his day with M Drive Start. You can, too. Go to mdrivedan.com, delivered right to your home. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. Time to focus on your health so you can keep up with those busy days. Try M-Drive Start for the energy, strength, and drive you need. Get more done every single day. And I liken it to a uh, new New Year's resolution. Nobody said that you can't start it in March. What time? Thank goodness for that, because yeah. I keep pushing it to the beginning of each month, and then before you know, it's the end of the summer. Don't let age beat you. Thank you, Todd. Visit mdrivedan.com. That's mdrivedan.com. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Sneak in a couple of phone calls here. I want to know what Baker Mayfield is worth now. And we'll talk to Steve Palazzolo from uh, Pro Football Focus. He graded out his last season. Also, what's Jimmy Garoppolo worth? We'll get to Steve here in a moment. So, uh, Steve in Myrtle Beach joining us. Hi, Steve. What's on your mind today? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Um, so just kind of curious. Roger Goodell probably doesn't really like being pushed over or thinking that they've, he's gotten, you know, been had. So is there any chance that, because he hasn't suspended him yet, that he could just wait this year out and wait and suspend Watson year two when he's making all the money. No, I don't think so. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can delay your punishment just because you have to give him due process. So if he's outsmarted you, you know, Brady did this. When Brady got suspended for Deflategate, they restructured his deal. So when he got fined, he wouldn't lose uh, the same amount of money he would have in a normal year. Let's bring in Steve Palazzolo, our uh, good buddy from Pro Football Focus, senior analyst there, host of the Pro Football Focus NFL podcast. What is Baker Mayfield worth right now based off of what happened this past season? Yeah, it, it's a tough one because I think, you know, Baker Mayfield, his evaluation just doesn't make sense. You know, like every time it looks like he should get better, they bring in OBJ. He didn't really get better. Then OBJ gets goes down and he has an excellent finish to his 2020 season. And then last year, Baker's playing hurt. And, and I don't, you know, it, it affected him. It absolutely affected him playing, even though it's his non-throwing shoulder, playing through injury. It was the worst season we've seen of Baker Mayfield. And I do think between that and how outspoken he's been without necessarily backing it up from a production standpoint. I think NFL teams have, have soured on him. So um, I think his value is down right now. 
But uh, he's also a guy that I would still want to take a shot on just because two out of his four seasons, his rookie year and then 2020, overall, he's looked really good in those in those particular seasons. But is he worth the number one draft, uh, uh, first-round draft pick? Two first-round no, draft picks? All the leverage is gone now because people know he's on the block, right? I mean, he's not sticking around with Deshaun Watson there in Cleveland. So uh, it, it's probably a mid-round pick at best. And, and there's we're running out of desperate teams as far as uh, the quarterback carousel goes. What about Jimmy Garoppolo? What's his value? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy's another tough one, right? Because he wins a ton of games, and then you go back and you say, okay, he's been in Kyle Shanahan's system, and uh, our grades, I think, do a pretty good job of kind of separating Garoppolo's performance from what the offense has done. It's always been one of the most productive passing games in the in the NFL when Garoppolo's been under center, but his last two full seasons, he was our 13th-ranked quarterback in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, number 21 last year, but the stats are really good. So I do think you know, Garoppolo's value is probably a little bit higher. You can have one more year of his contract, but you also have to try to separate his production from Shanahan's system where Garoppolo's grades don't necessarily match up, you know, with, with the staff. So he's a guy that you probably have to have a really good situation around him, much like he had in San Francisco. But I could see teams looking at Garoppolo a little bit, you know, higher than Baker at this point. You know, maybe it ends up becoming a second or third round pick. I know you grade rosters, so here we are. We're done with free agency for the most part. Um, which team improved their roster the most, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's such a quarterback-driven league that it is the teams that added the big-time quarterbacks, right? I mean, the Denver Broncos adding Russell Wilson. That wasn't all they did, though, obviously, having Randy Gregory come in and re-signing a couple of their own. And uh, the Broncos overall have made some excellent moves, but, of course, going from – Teddy Bridgewater to Russell Wilson absolutely elevates their ceiling. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, even just uh, in aging Matt Ryan, has still played pretty good ball over the last couple of years, and you put him on a, a roster that probably should have been in the playoffs last year in Indianapolis. I think Ryan's going to play better than Carson Wentz, has a chance to elevate the Colts there. Um, and, of course, the Browns. You know, Even though um, outside of Amari Cooper, they haven't made a ton of other big splash moves or anything, but the, the Browns already had a really good roster, and you're going from Baker Mayfield's worst season to presumably whatever Deshaun Watson brings to the table, which would be much better. You start to look at these teams that gave up their quarterback, like the, the Falcons. Uh, that's a bad team. Uh, yeah. Are they one of the worst rosters, bottom three, four teams in the NFL? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, over the last couple of years, we've seen their odd, their defense essentially get depleted. They have, uh, they have Brady Jarrett, they have A.J. Terrell, but not much else. Deion Jones is pretty good. Not much to build on the defensive side. And then offensively, everything's falling apart there as well, where they have maybe the worst receiving core in the league, and they're just a couple of years removed from having Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage over there. So um, it's a complete rebuild in Atlanta, which might not be the worst thing, right? You've got Tom Brady in the division. The Falcons, you know, second-year coach and GM, it might be time for the Falcons anyway to start looking to 2023, 2024 uh, for whenever Tom Brady moves on and, and think about competing in a couple of years rather than this year. All right, we have a bet here in studio that uh, there will be a quarterback selected the first 13 picks. Which side of the bet are you on? Oh, I definitely think there will be. Yeah, I mean, I, you're, you're looking at the Panthers at six, the Falcons at eight and then the Seahawks at nine, you know, in this musical chairs of quarterback movement, they're, they're left without a chair at the moment. And yeah, Garoppolo's out there. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's out there, but I do think the Panthers have been desperate. 
the Falcons, as I mentioned, they're in the middle of this rebuild. They probably want to find a guy in the Seahawks, right? I mean, I don't think they're going to hitch their wagons to Drew Locke. I think they're going to evaluate this class. So I think because of that, we are talking about quarterbacks going probably in the top 10, at least one or two, um, even though I don't think the NFL loves this quarterback class overall. I do think desperation will win and somebody will go in the top 10 or so. Great to talk to you as always, Steve. We'll stay in touch. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, always a pleasure. That's Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus senior analyst there. And uh, Pro Football Focus launching a four-episode podcast series this April with the projected number one overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Subscribe to Hutch wherever you listen to uh, podcasts there. A couple of phone calls in here. Doug in Daytona. Hi, Doug. What's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Love the show. Love you. Hey, I just want to um, bring something up. Uh, Fritzy has been on fire since L.A., you know, Super Bowl. I don't want to talk conspiracy, like performance enhancing or anything like that, but mm. um, he's a different dude since he's come from back from L.A. I don't know if it's a three-piece story, being back in his old stopping grounds. I don't know. I don't know if it's IT investigation worthy, but I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think Paulie has an idea of what's happened to Fritzy since the Super Bowl. Yeah, I do have a theory there. Now, obviously, it started, I think, with the departure of McLovin that opened up some room on the show mm-hmm. for Fritzy. But I really think for Fritzy, the uh, springboard of this uh, rebirth, this renaissance, is the Valley Girl imitation he did uh, Wednesday of Super Bowl week that really crushed. He was not exactly having a great Monday, Tuesday on air, if my notes are correct. But Wednesday he went, or maybe Thursday, after the night out at... Um, Big Dean's in Santa Monica when he was hoarding all the women. Mm-hmm. He put in the Valley Girl imitation and it kind of uh, ramped up his Super Bowl week and he finished strong. You want to give, give us a little bit of uh, well, this is where you met. There was a picture that we took where you're around five girls. So there's only five girls that were there at Big Dean's in Santa Monica. They were all five at your table. Two of them were sisters. Yeah. And one was wearing a shirt with a picture of me. So one of the sisters says to the other sister and to me when I was chatting him up, why is she wearing a picture of you on your shirt? Are you famous or something? Who are you guys anyway? <laughs> and I will say from uh, sources close to me that your impersonation of this girl <laughs> is spot on. Yeah, it was very, uh, it was I don't know. I don't want to say off-putting because she was very sweet, but it was really thick, extra. It's like Valley Girl Plus. Give me a little bit more. So my sister is going to be getting a new uh, beer together. I don't know, a little sake. I don't know if you guys want to invest in her company, but that would be kind of nice. If you're famous, you probably have a lot of money. You want to split a burger or something? Why don't you buy me a drink? You know we're not doing anything, by the way. You have a wedding ring on, and you look like my grandfather. You have no hair. Whatever hair you do have is gray. Nothing's going on here. Nothing funny. You could be my dad. That might have been it. But I, I was even talking to my wife about you last night. I said, you've been on fire content-wise. You've, you've, you know, the last month, been on fire. Things are good on the home front. I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> what <laughs> is that supposed bloop, to be? Bloop, bloop. That was inappropriate. <laughs> but, you know, it makes the other 14 and a half years stand out a little bit more <laughs> when you... Where have you been? Yeah. Man? Yeah. But, you know, you kind of eased into the situation here and you didn't want to rush it. And it sometimes takes a decade and a half at least yeah. to have, get up, find your place. Yes, Paul. I think we just learned something, though. Fritzy, good Fritzy at work means more uh, Fritzy-ish at home. Mm. And then when it goes well there, we get better Fritzy at work. It's like it's a good cycle. Mm, okay. 
Not necessarily for her. I but. choose not to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kids that don't want to hear like, that, that their parents do those things. I just, they can't handle that. All righty. Why are you making sexual references on a sports talk show? <laughs> so not cool. FCC violation. Craig in Washington. Hi, Craig. What's on your mind? Hey, DP. Hi, bud. <clears throat> hey, just want to get your thoughts on the Seahawks here. They need a they need offensive line help. We need running backs. <laughs> Our running backs are terrible. We need. What are you, what's your thoughts on uh, saving some money on a quarterback? Not Baker Mayfield. That's too much money. Like Gardner Minshew getting the Saquon Barkley or the the Panthers running back, saving that money on a quarterback, getting some offensive line help here, and starting to rebuild. I mean, I really wished uh, Pete would have went, but he's still here, so that's that's a non-issue. But maybe next year we can get Dan Quinn or something. Just get, wanted to get your thoughts. Thanks, Pete. All right, thank you, Craig. I don't know other than I told you that Russ was not going to be in Seattle, and I, I was told. Uh, a couple of times through the process that it feels like Russ is going to create a situation or Seattle in conjunction with Russ will create a situation similar to Matthew Stafford. Hey, it's best for both of us if we see other people. And that's what happened that, you know, it was amicable and Russ is like, um, okay, see where you can make a great deal. And then, you know, I get to say if I want to go there or not have a no trade clause and then it was like, uh, we got this with Denver. Okay. And then that was it. It was done. And I know Pete Carroll's on record as saying, you know, I, I, I thought that we could still keep this together, but then things uh, stopped being meaningful. I think that was the, the quote. But, you know, Russ, I, I think he was just frustrated. You know, Pete's system is run the football, play great defense. And then it felt like they would run the ball, play great defense, and then the score would be 9-7 going into the fourth quarter. And then it would be like, hey, uh, Russ, can you help us? Yep, I'll help you. I'll save your butt. But I think he just wanted to be... It goes back to the interview I did after the Super Bowl. Really, that's what it was. Because Seattle was not happy with him that day. At all. He was speaking out of turn. His agent gave a list of teams if they were going to trade him. And I just said, it's over. I don't care what they say. Over. Lasted one year. And, I mean, I haven't talked to Russ since this happened. And we haven't had him on the show. But he looked at what was going on in that Super Bowl with Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And all of these quarterbacks have egos. Where's my place in history? Legacy. I've been to two Super Bowls. I got to get to, I got to win another one here. Not going to happen in Seattle. I'm 33. I'm the Walter Payton man of the year. I'm at the game sitting next to the commissioner and I'm watching these two guys out there. And I've been getting sacked on average of 48 times a year. I got to get out of here. And that was my feeling. That, that's the first time I've had an interview with Russell where I thought that he was being Russ. He wasn't being Russell Wilson, the quarterback. He was just being the person who was like, I, I, can't, I can't continue to do this. Yeah, Paul. I still see some articles, though, that credit the Seahawks for trading him now when he's still a hot property. They got more for Russell Wilson at 33 than the uh, uh, Houston team got for Deshaun Watson, who's nine years younger. Yeah. So... From trade value, they got a lot. They also got rid of Russell now, which may hurt them now, but two years from now, he could have walked. 
Oh, I think that they they got a great deal for Russ. But you got to get a quarterback here. I mean, Drew Locke is not your quarterback of the future. And that's what this is all going to be graded on. If Seattle goes the next couple of years and doesn't have a quarterback, then we're going to go, Denver won that deal. But Denver's going to have to pay Russ. <laughs> Make no mistake about that. He's making $24 million. He's making half of what Aaron Rodgers is going to make. So that's going to change. Got to factor that in as well. Gave up draft picks, a couple of players, and you're going to have to double his salary. It's not like you just get him and all of a sudden, you know, Deshaun Watson. Uh, you're going to get Deshaun. Oh, he wants a raise. What? He wants guaranteed money. What? Signing. What? And then they gave him all of that stuff. Uh, Joe in Wisconsin. Hi, Joe. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. I uh, sent over the video to Tyler of me paying up my bet with Seton. Uh, turned into the polar plunge versus the uh, snow angels. We're out of snow, like I said. But uh, dealing with the repercussions, uh, I'm pretty roughed up. Got a stuffy nose, and I'm not totally sure I'm going to make it out alive. So, um, you know, <laughs> we're, we're hurting. But uh wanted to weigh in on the Zion situation, too. Um, you know, our Badger basketball team, our guard got hurt in the game, you know, and every time they'd show him, he was kind of sulking on the end of the bench and feels like that kind of weighed us down in general, you know, and with a guy being out, whether it's for a game or for a season or whatever it is, you can just either be a net negative or a net positive, you know, and really kind of help coach people up or be good or, you know, just, just build people up versus, you know, bogging everybody down. So. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. We'll post the video on uh, our newsletter. They're paying up a bet, a polar plunge. I think it was, Basically, naked snow angels, something like that was the uh, bet. But there was no snow, so we said, all right, then polar plunge. I mean, I'd hate for Joe to die paying up a bet, but it'd be a legendary status. We're not hoping for it. No, no, no. No, no. no. That would be unfortunate. Yeah. 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 Good for the show, bad for him. Yeah, for Joe. And it would be the Joe in Wisconsin award memorial award that we would hand out we might want to consider some type of insurance policy yeah. moving forward yeah <laughs> some of our bets maybe uh i can represent progressive now that baker mayfield is not going to be doing that i could do there it you go yeah is it too soon for me to apply soon. for the progressive uh hey uh i never played quarterback but you know i could do progressive commercials there for you all right we'll take a break paulie has a quick nba quiz for me Coming up, more phone calls as well. We'll check in with the Pelicans coming up top of the hour. And uh, I don't know what that reaction is internally would be to the video that they saw of Zion Williamson with the dunk, even though we are told that he's probably not going to play. So I'll have that for you coming up top of the hour. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Check in with the New Orleans Pelicans, top of the hour. Paulie has a quick NBA quiz. Well, take your time. It doesn't have to be quick, but uh, your NBA quiz. It might not be that great. Okay, okay. Right. here's a question. All right. How many players in NBA history? I'm going to go since 1980, kind of modern NBA. Right. How many players in NBA history have averaged at least 25 points in their first 80 games played? At least 25 points scored in their first 80 games played. There's two in the past 40 years. One is Zion Williamson. Correct. 25. Since 1980. 25 points or more in their first, first year. Rookie yeah. season. Well, first 80 games because Zion has oh. needed two years to okay. do 80 games. Okay. Um, well, did Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan is correct. No, Michael Jordan and Zion Williams are the only two people since 1980 that average more than 25 points scoring per game in their okay. first 85 games. Yeah, when people, we, you know, we want this rush to judgment. Like, oh, Zion's a bust. I'm like, no, he's not. Joel Embiid wasn't a bust, was he, after the first two seasons? Oh, that's right, he was. He was a bust. He didn't play. He didn't play any. Zion played 85 games in his first two seasons. But I, I don't look at him as a bust. I mean, he might be busted up with his foot, but, you know, maybe he's more like Sam Bowie. Uh, you know, Sam never overcame his uh, leg issues with Portland. But, uh, no, I'd like to give Zion a little time here, maybe a, a full offseason here before we go, oh, he's a bust. But we want this rush to judgment. Uh, Jeff in Detroit. Hi, Jeff. What's on your mind? <clears throat> what up, though? One time for chat row. As I was sitting here thinking there, Dan, I was trying to figure out what is it about the Tyler that gives him his strength? It's having a good wingman. When you put seat next to him, he gives him the encouragement. It opens up his comedic side. It gives him the drive to do the things that needs to be done to create the toddler in full effect. So okay. I honestly believe that's what happened. Also, yesterday, Marv, love you, my dog, him taking a pie to the face. It's kind of funny because I was sitting there thinking, you know, with the gangster, uh, like, like if you're in a gang with Bloods and Crips, they jump you in in order for you to be an official part of the gang. So I guess that's his initiation, him getting pied in. Like, man, what happened to you? Oh, man, they hit me with two pies. What? They hit you with two pies, dog? And he looked like Jason after he got finished, man. That was totally funny. You guys have a great day. Keep rocking, brother. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. So, Seton, uh, I guess we can credit and blame you for the uh, reemergence of Todd Fritz. All it takes is a little support. Yeah. I'm feeling that's the it. love. I'm feeling the love back here. Well, McLevin didn't give you support. It felt like he ignored you. You really bothered McLovin. I try to talk to him. I'll say, oh, your chicken salad with Peter. What do you got for lunch over there? He didn't want to talk about food. Didn't like you looking at him when he's eating or asking what he's eating. That was like a big thing. And, you know, I'll make little Jewish jokes because I'm Jewish. And I think he's like 3% Jewish and somehow got extremely <laughs> offended by anything remotely relating to Hanukkah or Passover or Purim or something. Uh Yeah, McLovin would have a problem with Fritzy sometimes over the stupidest things. Whenever you said anything about his lunch, he would just, like, he couldn't believe you were asking him about his lunch. I was like what Paulie does to me, but oh, didn't you wear those pants last Friday or whatever? I'll be like, oh, three days in a row with the tuna fish. Uh, John in Bahrain joining us on the program. Hi, John. 
Uh, good afternoon, Dan, Danette. Uh, the six foot one seventy five COVID soft. Um, man, it's funny you guys are talking about my glove, and I've said it plenty of times. That guy's a system Danette for sure. Wow. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've been saying so. I've been listening for years and years, like ten years, and uh, this stretch. It's funny you guys are talking about this. The stretch over the last three to five months, let's say three months, especially the content comedic wise is as good if not better than it's ever been yeah and i'm moving this i want to move for the motion that you create a true archive of segments like a week or two ago you had that banger of a segment where Polly was talking about dating a woman with one leg and you guys just off you went never forget peg <laughs> you know and, <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, you know fritzy with the valley girl stuff like that you, you gotta you gotta save these you can't let them you can't let them just go away well, I think you can away. you can find them on YouTube. And thank you, John, calling from Bahrain. I got to believe we're the number one sports radio station in Bahrain. We crush it there. Yes. Yes, uh, Seton. It's not a bad thought, though. I mean, maybe maybe we do try to organize them a little bit. Well, who can I get to organize them? Have you seen the backroom guys? Oh, boy. They look like very organized fellas. Well, there's there's one guy I would trust, and that's Rob. I might trust Ray to do that. Well, yeah, but see, Rob is a Knicks fan, and if you get him after a Knicks loss, then he really, you know, I kind of lose him for the day. He's not that good at work. That's a lot of days. Yes, it is. So, and he's a Jets fan too. So after Jets loss or after a Knicks loss, I just not, I'm not getting what I need out of him. But you know, I could see where we could do archival. I think he's a Mets fan too. <laughs> So, so if you put all of those days together with all of the losses of those three teams, I probably have about nine days where uh, Rob, who works in the back, is, you know, good. Yes, Marvin. Actually, you know, Rob is a Red Sox fan. Oh. What type of New Yorker is he? Yeah. He's a scrub. He's a, he's a Knicks, Jets, and Red Sox fan. Okay. Yes, Todd. But we're not even sure if Rob ever goes home with the hours he puts in. He's here all hours of night. He's here very early in the morning. So he's got uh, a lot of time, I would hope, on his hands at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 at night back there. Yeah, that's not true, Todd. He does work very long hours. He does. He's, he's one of the last ones after. He sure. does the newsletter that you can sign up for. Go to danpatrick.com. And uh, he and Mario do a great job with the newsletter. Yes, he. How do you know that, Todd? I wouldn't know that. <laughs> I know that because I see his car is still there when I leave, and I'm wondering, is he there for like a half hour after me, seven hours after me? Todd, but for sure he's there. Todd, Todd waits for me to leave. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable to leave first. And then I've, I've been caught where you were. I thought you left, but uh, you were in the back of the office. Uh, oh, crap, the car's still here. Damn it. I know, I know. I'll come out, and I can just see these guys getting ready to pack up and leave, and I'll go, hey, what's going on? And nothing? Nothing? Just you, I'm telling you guys, he left. No, no, his car's in the garage. He's still here. Right. That's Paulie, why I don't see his Paulie, car. you got your keys in your hand. Just uh, checking something on my car. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. There's cameras all over the place, even when I'm not here. If we had a punch of clock, that would be really bad for all of us. We'll check in with the New Orleans Pelicans on Zion Williamson. One more item as we close out hour two. I don't know if you've seen it, heard it, or both, but if you have, you probably bought it. Love Sack. Love Sack Stealth Tech. Get ready to replace that old couch because this system includes immersive sound, surround sound by Harman Kardon, convenient wireless charging, seamlessly hidden inside the sectionals, the world's most adaptable couch. The closeness of the system speakers, subwoofer, it's like, you're sitting on the couch, but you're immersed in this audio experience. 
It's hard for me to describe it, but I went down to uh, a store in Connecticut and I went with the big German. We just sat on the couch and they played a movie for us and you can just feel the movie. The sound is great. The couch is comfortable. They got all kinds of different fabrics there. You can change them out whenever you want to. Sectionals, the world's most adaptable couch, now features Lovesack Stealth Tech. LoveSAC.com. That's Lovesack.com.